0: When did you realize that it was all noise and you needed to be true to you?
1: You know what? A friend of mine who actually helped, he's an investor of mine, his name is Brian McMullen, and he was on the phone with me. I was all depressed and I was crying. And he said, think of it this way. When kids first started, when Eminem first started, when Nirvana first started, they all got hate. People were turning them off at the radio stations. People were walking off the dance floor at the clubs because it didn't make sense to them at that time. But those all became amazing legends. Right. So just think of it that way. And that really turned it around for me because I'm like, you know what, you're right. A lot of people get hate in the beginning because we're doing something new. It hasn't been done before. But it's all about innovation and being an artist. And we can't be afraid to share our art.
2: We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Of shows that suck and shows that float. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bowl. It stinks, so
3: it's gold, gold. Hello and welcome to a very special episode, the podcast in which we talk about very special parts of our pop culture <laughs> lexicon. <laughs> very uh, special
4: episodes of time.
3: Yeah, well, usually we do very special episodes of TV shows like, oh, it's the one where balky smoked crack or whatever. I but wish. we're going to be experimenting as we move forward, and we're breaking our formula a little bit. First of all, our usual roster of hosts is a little different. I'm your host this week, Ryan Alexander-Tanner, and with me in Portland, Oregon is...
4: Carolyn Maine,
3: And we have a very special guest Ooh. this week. Please introduce yourself.
5: Hello, my name is Amy Miller. I'm a Capricorn. I live in Los Angeles, California.
3: Yeah, we did an L.A. Capricorn search, and this is who (laughs) we came up with.
5: Coming at you live from the Heathman Hotel, the hotel from... Fifty
4: Shades of Grey. Is, Is it? Oh, oh yeah. shit!
3: I'm gonna spank Amy's ass afterwards, but like wow. light, lightly, but, but in forcefully, but a
4: friend way, platonic yeah, ass spank. Yeah,
3: yeah. I would say Fifty Shades of Grey kind of defines our friendship a lot. Yeah, if you totally. Our, our long term <laughs> friendship. Uh, You're
5: a mega millionaire.
3: Mm-hmm. I he? have a plane.
5: Your mom's like a dominatrix, kind of.
3: I've only seen the first one, so I don't know about that <laughs> oh, <yet>. okay. <laughs>
5: uh,
3: what are you doing at the Houston Hotel?
5: Um, I have a show tonight in Portland, an album release show for my Yay. new comedy album.
3: Well, so you're a, a, com- a professional comedian?
5: I get paid for it sometimes. Yeah,
3: you're Yay. on TV and stuff.
5: Right? I was on TV. I have an album now. It's called Solid Gold.
3: Or did and you you can on... buy
4: it. On iTunes.
3: Ooh. We should talk about that again at the end.
4: And you were just on NPR. I think you're our first guest to have been on NPR for sure. Oh, well,
5: yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, because most of your guests are under 60, probably. That's true.
3: <laughs> most of them. <laughs> a lot of them.
5: <laughs> and I'm surprised anybody under 60 heard me on NPR.
3: And then you were on Last Comic Standing, right?
5: I sure was, Ryan. Well. And you met Peter
4: Engel. I (laughs) kind of saw him. Perfect. Yeah, you had an hour-long conversation just about Dustin Diamond, right?
5: Well, no. I auditioned for him, but we Um. didn't really interact.
3: Was he like, Amy, you're not terrible enough. (laughs) (laughs) A (laughs) (laughs) He's the best. So this week, um, rather than talk specifically about an episode of a TV show... We're going to do the first of probably many sort of more uh, of an overview of a person mm. episode.
4: Is it a very special person?
3: I'm afraid it is, in the <laughs> most loaded way possible. <laughs> this week we'll be talking about Corey Feldman. Ooh. And this is, there's a lot to unpack here, but this is sort of, I wish we'd done this sooner. But yeah,
4: so much baggage. There's a lot of baggage
3: here. But you this mean is, like
4: years sooner?
3: No, like about a month sooner, because oh, yeah. he did a couple of Today Show appearances, which were, I would call, a, a, a call for help, much <laughs> much in the way that a character's behavior in a very special episode would be. So I kind of want to talk about what led up to that, and then sort of evaluate his Today Show performances and what they mean. And I have a few kind of questions I want to address, but I want to wait till the end. To really get into them. But I'm going to bring them up now. And maybe we can go through the process and revisit these at the end. Because I'm interested, like, are we the assholes for laughing at him and how terrible his musical performances are? These are the
5: beginning questions or things I should think about as we go along? I want
3: you to think about this. Okay. Okay. And then, like, whose fault is this? (laughs) This result? That is Corey Foreman. Um, And then, should you follow your dreams... Even if you're terrible, like, who gets hurt, and wow. when should you quit your ambitions and oh, recognize man. that you're yeah. not good?
4: Complicated. Are you yeah. asking us to evaluate ourselves in the same strict rubric we evaluate Corey Feldman? Well, be hard I
3: think that's part of the danger of this, uh-huh. is oh, once yeah. you start pointing and laughing at Corey Feldman, you have to go, well, what about me?
4: Yeah.
5: yeah. It's sort of a function of pop culture in general. You always have to look inward
3: <laughs> so at the
5: things you like and don't like and why you react to them that way. And why you
3: care so much. It's all
4: a projection. Yeah. So as you look into the void, so does the void look into you. That's Correct. True. Like Kel- like Feldman being a void.
5: Yeah, there's a Feld woman inside of me.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I want to start, I want to go back to the beginning, to the 80s.
4: Like when he was a beautiful baby boy?
3: Yeah, let's talk about young Corey Feldman. How did this all begin? So I don't know what his first shit was, but it was in the 80s, It was like a
4: commercial, yeah, and then some TV. I don't have the uh, cheat sheet pulled up, but he was doing lots of commercials before he got into the movies that we know him as, mostly. Like
5: the big... Big thing where he made an impact on my life was
4: Stand by Me, of course. Yeah,
3: and that's I was going to talk about the one. definitely
4: I, the best Stephen King adaptation ever, right?
3: And I would say the best Corey Feldman performance, in my opinion. Yeah, because he really that one for me too. I figured we would talk about kind of what's your quintessential Corey Feldman performance, and I think that's the best performance he ever gave.
5: It's def it's definitely it for me. I think maybe between like that and the Burbs, but. That's mm-hmm. a just totally different brand. But it's funny in Stand By Me how even when I was also a child, mm-hmm. and even though he was playing a troubled character, mm-hmm. you could still kind of be like, I think this kid's kind of fucked
3: up. Like in real life?
5: Yeah, yeah like I just kind of felt it. it was- but
3: then
4: I didn't think that about River Phoenix, and he really was too.
5: Oh, yeah, I kind of had that feeling about him. Ah, you and- know, you're bad boys. Totally, because I always go for him.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, what are your. How attracted are you to Corey Feldman? Then that's and now. That's a great question. Let's so, go through his filmography, and we can talk about how attracted were you at that moment. <laughs> okay. So, like, we got uh, The Kid with the Broken Halo. He was in that with Gary Coleman. So, that's 1982. How attracted were you to him when Haven't you were a him. year old?
5: Is he the kid with the broken halo? No,
3: that's Gary Coleman. Oh,
5: okay. Then, uh, if it wasn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it. Probably a small role,
3: right? Yeah, it looks like his first kind of bigger movie role is in Friday the 13th Part 4. Oh, right. Where he goes, die, 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 when he yeah. stabs Jason in the head a bunch. That was pretty great. And then he was in Gremlins. Yeah,
4: before we get to all of them, I have to rep Gremlins, because yep. it's one of the perfect movies. Especially how they dropped his ass for Gremlins too, which makes it even better. Yeah. And then, uh, as an Oregonian, I gotta rep the Goonies, the Goonies pretty
3: hard. The pretty much right after, and I feel like that was when he became, like, a name, was the Goonies.
4: And, yeah,
5: pretty hot in that one. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
4: um, yeah. What's Plimpton, your number?
5: Plimpton wants
4: that dick real bad. Are they supposed, they almost seem like siblings in that, but I guess, yeah, she just does want that younger man.
5: No, I think there was a thing developing between Ooh. them, for sure. I always got that impression, at
3: least. So then the next one was Stand By Me, which, yeah, 86. Yeah, that was the first R-rated movie I ever saw. Mm. I remember I had two older brothers. And
5: look how it ruined you. I know, this
3: is, (laughs) wait, I'm having a revelation here. (laughs) This is why I went on the Today Show and sang. My
5: pastor was right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: No, but I had older brothers, and it was just too hard to, like, have two kids in one room and one kid in the other room, and I just was like, they were like, fuck it. And i got to start seeing R-rated movies starting with this one. Also, I think when you watch it, and you kind of go, well, it's R-rated R because they're saying fuck and stuff. But it's you can well, show this I to a kid. Well, I think
5: sometimes movies that star kids end up being rated R because if they're dealing with any heavy subject matter. Because as a kid watching it, you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm also having an existential yeah. crisis. And they don't want that. <laughs>
3: so then we get The Lost Boys in 87... And that was when the two Corys became a thing, right? Mm, that was yeah. when they first paired him with Corey Haim.
4: Hollywood had been twinning them together for a long time. Like, I think agents were, like, using them against each other to make the other Cory do better, you know? Mm. The whole carrot and stick with multiple Corys in rotation. <laughs> and that's when they first got their movie. And that's when they were, like, almost, I don't know, I don't want to say pubescent, but, like, he's coming of age, right? He's almost a teenager, but he's still a frog boy. In that, yeah, he's getting
3: movie. there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get licensed to drive the next year, and that was like full blown Cory Cory,
5: yeah. Once they're full teenagers, yeah. up to no good, yeah.
3: And then we get the Burbs in '89. I don't know that one, it's a Tom Hanks movie.
4: Oh, you'd like it, it's really yeah. good, yeah. It's great. What is it, like a horror comedy and a
3: totally? horror comedy,
4: mm-hmm. yeah,
3: okay. Uh, and then we had Dream a Little Dream, which is like, that's a body switching comedy between mm-hmm. them, right?
4: This
5: is when they've already started to turn real shitty. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, this is like the beginning of the end. I and the
5: roles like. get back. Yeah, and it happened so quickly.
3: Mm-hmm. It's true. It did. Because we're not even looking at Because The Lost Boys was awesome. License to drive? I don't know.
5: I liked it. Get did out you? of my dreams.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is that the one where he has to drive backwards? While his mom's in labor at the end?
5: I think so.
3: I feel like that's what that is.
5: Huh.
3: But Dream a Little Dream, that's like a body switching. That was the first time Corey Feldman did like a Michael Jackson performance in something, right? Yes. Yeah. And
5: also maybe the first that went like campy dark. Like that movie's really dark, but n- not in like a serious way like Stand By Me, like it's just campy and bad.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then it looks like, yeah, because then he was the voice of Donatello in 1990. Yeah. And then it just goes to shit. We got Rock and Roll High School forever. Meatballs 4. Which I
5: do think choosing... Making him Donatello was such a good move.
3: Why would you say that?
5: I mean, I still... (laughs) You don't think so? I still associate that... That's the only way I picture Donatello. They yeah. could make seventy-five Ninja Turtles remakes and I would still hear that voice. Yeah, and picture him as that general kind of dude. The voice is a lot yeah. more
4: charming when given to an uh, anthropologic anthropomorphic turtle costume than Corey's face. Like, yeah, I get sick of his face throughout his career, and it's like right when his his skull kind of gets done setting, and that's not his fault. But that's the problem with child actors, right?
3: Is it? Is that the
4: problem? Well, one of it, yeah. I do think that they... This is terrible, I know. But the kids, when they're, like, really, really cute and they're famous for being those kids, and then their face changes as an actor, as an adult, and for some, sometimes that formula just never comes around for your eyes.
5: Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't always go that
4: well, like Haley Joel Osment. Exactly. Wow. He's got his whole baby face, like, mashed into the middle of a big, weird face. Yeah, he looks like a Bill Plimpton drawing. Yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, yeah,
3: and he can like only play like a, a creep or a child molester now, <laughs> yeah. or like, a Mormon who's secretly gay or something. Like,
5: I just had this really sad pang of guilt that what if Corey Feldman listens to this, because I, I think, know. which maybe we'll get to this, but during all that Today Show stuff, he was so tuned in to comments from everywhere I that I feel like if there's a whole podcast episode about what he did... He's going to listen to it. I wanted
3: in part to celebrate him, though, because I do think this stint of about two years (laughs) that he had in his youth, he was amazing. So good. He really was great. And then, well, so part of my question is what happened? Because then he's in Step Monster and National Lampoon's Last Resort. Was it drugs, you think?
4: I think so. He did plenty of drugs. I think he also, like, came out against the Hollywood regime. And especially lately, he's talked about... Pedophilia that he and Corey Haim mm. had suffered right. and survived. Well, he's and talked I think about
3: it a lot, but he's always refused to name anybody.
4: Yeah, well,
0: you know, he does how much... all those
4: dances? Yeah, <laughs> the dances are the names. Is that's that... how you're supposed to interpret. He's yeah.
3: signaling. He's like, oh yeah, he did like spell out like some letters with his arms, maybe. <laughs> but it's like, well, the thing is, is he is consistently working like through the '90s, but he's in like South Beach Academy. She's Too Tall, starring Bridget Nielsen. Uh, Or like an episode of Son of the Beach. Or My Life as a Troll. So he's still in shit, he's just not in anything that's any good.
5: I imagine if there's a combination of, like, drug use, real trauma, which then can lead to just, you know, spinning out, and then you're difficult to work with or unpredictable, then people just don't, like call you for those amazing roles anymore yeah, yeah. like you di- it's yeah it seems like right after that stint he's already starting to get booked just as like a novelty
3: yeah that he's cory feldman more than like,
5: talent yeah.
3: yeah or like oh this is a shitty direct-to-video horror movie what if we could tory if we put cory feldman in it'll like be on someone's radar yeah so we'll pay him 30 grand to come in for five days and yeah. be in 10 minutes of the movie I think mean, he got a lot of that shit for a long time.
4: Yeah, I feel like he probably just stepped on some toes, like maybe during some drug use and the drug use thing that ha- happens after trauma a lot of times. So like if if America could have intervened for him and maybe made something better with <sighs> counseling early on. I know. Save them all. I know. We can't save any of the child actors. We it's just Not like, my responsibility. Well, remember when everyone <laughs> it's was <your>
3: protesting?
4: Responsibility.
3: <laughs> remember when everyone was protesting the war in Iraq? No. You remember that, like 2001, too? Um, yes. If we had just put our energy into saving Corey Feldman <laughs> at that time... I would, remember. Because we didn't make a difference in the war in Iraq.
4: So, America hates their child actors, you know? God forbid that Jonathan Brandis was still alive, being uh, a beautiful young man. He
3: was still yeah. no, Well, did he give us all he had to offer as an entertainer at this point? Is my Like, if he had Corey just gotten decent acting work, or do John. you think... I'm talking about no, not that everything's about Jonathan Brandis. Carol, okay, I'll and let Corey him go Corey Feldman now. now. This is a Corey Feldman. It's not the Jonathan Brandis episode. <laughs> I that's wish every, that's every other episode.
0: It should
3: be. I know, <laughs> 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 but if we um, if he was getting decent roles, do you think he would have been like producing quality work throughout this, or do you think he know. kind of because some people really have it when they're kids and then they kind of lose it? it yeah, seems
5: like. it's hard to say. I mean, you have to have like a really strong like parental foundation, yeah. right? Like, you have to have someone keeping you grounded. Mm-hmm. And if you put, like, uh, many people can't function as adults or teenagers when they go through trauma and they're just doing, like, working at Subway or whatever. So, right. like, if you're in Hollywood... But nobody just,
3: notices or cares if you work at Subway. Yeah,
5: because people will just want to chew you up and spit you out. Yeah, they just and want their, their footlong... Well, yeah.
3: <laughs> Sandwich.
5: People are using you in both situations. Yeah. But it's like, it's so hard to go through that in, the, in a spotlight. And like, of course you're going to behave poorly and alienate a lot of people. Yeah, but
3: also don't you think, if you're like 14 and you're a fucking movie star and you're getting $10 million and you're like, go get me some peanuts, and like, you can just do that for four years, like during your formative coming of age, and then you don't You lose that status, but you still, then when you come to the set of like bikini party four direct to Cinemax and you're acting like that, people are like, fuck off. We're not going to put
5: you in number five. Yeah,
3: right. Or you're getting scaled to be here as a pure novelty. Yeah,
4: Yeah. you just lost rights of the longest running franchise ever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you're just used to treating
5: people that way, and there's no one normal, like a mother figure, being like, "Hey, you can't act like Rats. that just <laughs> because you're a millionaire and you're in movies."
3: Because his parents are too busy being like, Oh, we stole all his money." Yeah. <laughs> we don't speaking care of does.
4: Corey's parents, like he emancipated from them when he was fourteen, fifteen. Like they did take a lot of his money.
3: Oh, he did emancipate from them though, mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. and I, before he was eighteen, at like yeah. fourteen wow. or fifteen.
3: How much money do you think he made during his heyday? He
4: said he made, like, millions, and there was, like, yeah. only 40,000 available for when he was able to
3: emancipate himself. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. so, if that's true, how, because he has money. He has mm-hmm. some money at this he point. He says,
4: he said in that voicemail to the angel that, he, you know, that things are bad for him. Yeah, I'm like, he Sure. He's got, but like, he, I don't think he has that much money. I he think he's he, trying to make money pretty desperately right now.
3: But he lives in a big mansion in Mm -hmm. the L.A. area.
4: Well,
5: yeah, and you can buy a house at some point.
3: I've read in these articles about how he has uh, a Street Fighter II arcade machine in his house. (laughs) He does. That's not a poor man's thing to (laughs) own. But you
5: can acquire all this stuff while you're having like a good period of working, and then you still have it.
0: Mm -hmm.
5: But if you're worried to a certain, you're accustomed to a certain. Lifestyle, like you don't like think, oh, I'm gonna sell this Street Fighter machine for two grand. Right, you go, I'm Corey Feldman, I'm gonna try to get on a TV show.
3: But I think he might have gotten emancipated and then done like one or two movies after that and maybe made like 10 million dollars.
5: You think that much, like on Dream a Little Dream. He didn't get to see it's a, that much. It's a low budget movie though.
3: You don't think he got five million dollars for starring in Dream of Little Dream? Maybe no. two. Because that was like the high point of his shit. Maybe two. Okay. But nobody
5: saw that movie and it wasn't like a big budget production. I thought they
3: made a sequel to that one. Well and
5: I feel like that's true in general. Like the Coreys didn't really ever break like none of their movies were huge budget productions yeah yeah
3: Yeah, they only made like three movies i thought it was more than that yeah so lost boys was like a fucking blockbuster movie though but they're young in that
5: right off the bat though you think like opening weekend that movie crushed or just became like a cult favorite no
3: i think it was like a modestly budgeted movie and then it came out and it was a fucking hit yeah that was a hit movie like that wasn't like a slow burn cult success that was like a big movie probably
4: nobody in it got like a ton of money
3: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that stuff works. And
4: that one probably still his parents blew a lot of, and like Amy said, he got accustomed to a certain point of success, and it's really tough when you peak as a child star, clearly, because you have to have another place to enter the public eye that they want you, and America hasn't really wanted Corey Feldman as an adult. But he's survived, unlike some of his other child stars. Well, has
3: cult, he? Cult I mean, he's not brethren. literally dead, but because you have someone <laughs> like like Ryan Gosling was a child star, right? Yeah, and then he's bigger than ever. But he
4: wasn't big as a child star.
3: Yeah, he Corey Feldman I think big. The
5: the one through line, if you keep it going and don't lose your mind, is you have to be like very, very good.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: But even Macaulay Culkin is like an amazing kid actor. But is Home he Alone good now? Yeah,
3: I know. I'm, um, I'm...
5: he's okay. Yeah,
3: because he was in Party Monster. That was a weird performance. Yeah, is he, he trying? Is he trying to get roles? So Macaulay Culkin? I don't really understand. I don't know. He
4: might just be dumb. He's been doing yeah. like Pizza Velvet Underground and Billy Joel stuff, and I really you know respect that? that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he does like pizza-related music or something. I don't understand. He was in Portland. Did but... you see him? Uh, no, I saw, like, people taking pictures of him. He was, like, hanging out in Chinatown and people, like, taking pictures of him. But that's a weird one, too. And he, Macaulay Culkin, though, was, I would say, a bigger phenomenon than Corey Feldman was.
5: Well, here's yeah. the thing also, as a child star, in, if your parents were taking all your money, you, I assume, like, you can make whatever, if maybe he they only gave him 20 grand a year or something, mm-hmm. but everything else you do is free. You yeah. know, like, there's so many gifts involved.
3: Yeah, well, like, he probably didn't even pay for that Street Fighter machine, so he probably gave it to him. Right, yeah. yeah,
4: you're exactly right. I am. Not that he's <laughs> the most marginalized person in the world, but that we did set him up for a level of success and money and roles and status that he has never been able to achieve since he's 11. Yeah. Well, Scott a I bet he voted for Trump.
3: Probably. <laughs> I bet. I wonder, like, <laughs> w- we'll get to it, but... um, We'll get to this new turn of his career and what it means for him. But I feel like if he hadn't done what he's doing now, I could see him getting like cast in like a Tarantino movie or something. You know, having one a lot of those yeah, he could.
5: Well, yeah, he could do the comeback that, like, basically what John Travolta did, uh-huh. which is he went away for a while. Yeah. And then he did some comedy stuff, like Look Who's Talking or whatever, yep. was a teen actor, and then came back so huge. Yeah. But because... He found Scientology, and, like, that's probably what Corey has to do. Yeah. (laughs) But you have to be, like, good and level-headed to some Mm -hmm. extent.
3: Do you think Scientology got him that Pulp Fiction role, though?
5: No, I was no. just kidding about that. No,
3: I think it's true though. I think you think
5: it's possible.
3: I think Scientology. Yeah, his involvement with Scientology had a lot to do with his sustained career. Over, I mean, he's a fucking performing. John Travolta, love him or hate him, is a fucking monster performer. Yeah, and he can sing he's and amazing. dance, and he's well, like that's, yeah. But
5: and I we uh, as we've maybe seen Corey Feldman doesn't really have those traits so even oh, if boy. he maybe got his shit together he wasn't doing drugs he was choosy about his roles and decided like I'm gonna go away for five years and then come back like well another thing maybe because we were just talking about Hila Joel, Os- Joel Osmond mm-hmm. makes me think of uh, Donnie Wahlberg where like yeah. he did Sixth Sense and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like oh this guy can act like you know he crushed it
3: Wait Donnie Wahlberg? hmm He in was in the, the Six beginning
4: of Sixth Sense
5: Yeah with oh. that cracked like that, out that little that skinny guy. guy Oh
3: okay yeah But
5: Corey Feldman could do something like that, where it's just like, I'm going to take one daring role, show people that I can act, and then be taken seriously
3: after that. Yeah, well, and I think this recent shit he's done has maybe denied that possibility for the future. I think he might have cut himself off from... Yeah, he
5: needs a new manager for sure.
3: Yeah, but is it too late? Well, we'll get to it. So the next thing I have on my list of Corey... Goings on is the two Corries reality TV show.
4: Yeah, so and I think I watched about five out of six hours. Did, <laughs> did you pretty good on did it? Did you yet. watch it at all, Amy? I saw it when it came out. Nice. I watched it when it was on TV
5: because you know morbid curiosity, and also I think it was fairly early in that, like, um, just getting to know B-list celebs reality genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a
4: beautiful new genre.
5: They were kind of one of the first, right? And now, like, everybody has that path. Yeah, like, I have a special you...
3: weakness for that kind of show. Oh, I love it. And yeah. But
5: now it's, like, just a given. Like, if you start to fall off and you can't get roles, like, you can always make money on reality TV. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do Dancing with the Stars or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think they were one of the first. So I watched it at the time, and it was... It's so good.
3: It's like a security blanket for celebrities. Like, I can just do a shitty reality, like a partial scripted reality show. Totally. Yeah.
5: And well, people watch it. I mean, I watched it.
3: Well, this was too. It's true. This was like... Well, I did this. spun Did it spin out of the surreal life? It did.
5: Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He was on the same season as like Vern Troyer when he pees on the carpet no. like that yeah. stuff. He
3: was on an earlier season. Than oh, that.
5: okay. Because
3: I and remember that's
5: not to rewatch all of those. <laughs>
3: that Vern Troyer that had Debrat and China yeah, in it. Yeah, but that's
5: the same show, right? Yeah. Yes,
3: that was like the third season. I think Corey was on the first or second, and yeah. he gets married to his wife, who's his wife and the two Corys, his real wife, on right. that show. And uh and
5: one of the Brady kids like marries
4: from that show too, right? Yeah,
3: that was a different season. That Mary, was like the fourth Brady. season. Didn't that was Flav the Vertroyer
4: season. Um, Bridget
3: Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's
4: that- that's a love for the ages. They're goddamn
3: amazing. So
4: like so many of these yeah. things spun off of Surreal Life.
3: Surreal basically. Life was great and I wish That's it, like the
5: bottom of the pyramid though.
3: I would bring uh-huh. I would I would watch it <laughs> if they brought it back now. It's like a bunch of Washed up celebrities in a house together. Like, yeah. who what? doesn't want to watch that? What forever? if they
4: did it just with celebrities that are in prison, like Dustin Diamond? Mmm. Lockup. Like, Los yeah, Angeles. Celebrity yeah, celebrity lockup. Yeah, <laughs> the
3: surreal lockup.
4: That'd be amazing. Uh, put that on my to do list.
3: So, one thing that was really interesting to me about the two Corys, well, one thing that sticks out in this oh, retrospective. Is that Corey Feldman totally comes off as the together Corey.
4: Yeah, so we're seeing him as the straight man before his fall to the later stages of his career.
5: And it ended up being true, because he's the one still alive. He's the one one that survived.
3: Well, it's interesting too, so the two Corys, it's two seasons. And the first season is really, like, very clearly scripted. Mm-hmm. And fake. And almost like a situation comedy. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, it's they like, do
4: odd couple music cues.
3: Yeah, where it's like Corey Feldman and his wife are, you know, vegan and they're into fitness and they've got their shit together. And then Corey Haim comes and stays with them and, like, it's wacky, but he's kind of hard to deal with and blah, blah, blah. And it's very clearly staged. And then the second season, I think Corey Haim is, like, very genuinely falling apart. Yeah. And they're trying to have a scripted reality show, but it's going off the rails, and then they just went with that. Yeah. And it feels like it ended before it was supposed to, because Corey Haim was just like, I'm not doing this. And it ends with them having a falling out, which I think was real.
5: Oh, yeah. It totally... I think it was real, too, because they didn't speak... Like, it before he died, as far mm-hmm. as I, or
4: as, as they've said.
3: Well, and it's like they're going on the set of Lost Boys 2, and Corey Hames all fucked up on painkillers or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. He can't perform, and it's kind of tragic.
4: And he has a car wreck, and it's really tragic. I have to say, though, you know, I love some black tragic comedy, and I thought the intervention with Polly Shore was hilarious. Oh, yeah, and, oh. Uh,
3: and, and uh, Willis.
4: Yeah. 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 Todd Bridges. Mhm. Shore was like, Buddy, I think you're wheezing the juice too much
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hate it So much.
3: I just want you to know that I'm here and I care about you. Buddy. <laughs> that's,
5: yeah, can you even imagine, like, I oh have like one, one millionth of, like, just being a comic, I'm always like, are, who? which people are my real friends, yeah. you know, and, and, like, which people are kind of trying to get ahead and, uh-huh. like, stick near someone else who is. And the answer is
3: Todd Bridges.
5: (laughs) At that level, I can't even imagine how suspicious you are of people. Yeah. Especially if you're an actor, or if you're a drug addict and an actor, and you've, like, been through some trauma. Like, it's just nuts to me.
3: Well, and what an odd kinship. Like, I would watch a lot that was about the relationship between washed-up B-level novelty celebrities. Like, Polly Shore, like, he has probably six people in his life that I've had a very similar experience from, as mm-hmm. him and understand what it means to be a guy where you don't really have any money anymore, but people stop you on the street. Hey, you're the fucking guy. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, that's you. Hey, get over here. You know, like... Uh, well,
5: Pauly Short does have money, but... He's well, because he's fan. from money. He's from money. He's a rich he's, kid, he's right? He's still influential in comedy, so... Really? May- well, yeah, his mom owns the comedy store. Like mm. he's a, he's kind of a special example because he's he's getting by on nepotism. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, it's like it's like when I ever see people that I like grew up in weird church with, where I'm just like, we have nothing in common now. But you're the only other people that did this with me. I feel like, like that about
3: <laughs> my brother. Like where I don't even understand you, and I don't want to. <laughs> But then when I talk about my mom, that's your mom. Yeah. Like, that we both know that. Yeah, Yeah. you're,
5: like, war buddies in a way.
3: Yeah, totally.
5: And that seems true for every, like, like era of child actors. Like, at at least on the surface or in public, a lot of those people, like, seem to hang out together. Yeah. Because they were coming up at the same
0: time. Yeah, well, sort of like...
3: I moved to Portland, and occasionally I'd run into people I went to high school with that also moved here, mm-hmm. and we weren't friends in high school, but you have this connection to them, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like that, except I'm way more fucked up.
5: More fucked up, yeah. But there's always going to be a few things you relate to, like, Uh-huh. Oh, we went to Berkeley High, so there's this, like, all these ways Portland is really
4: different, but right. all these ways we like it, yeah. Right. But we have nothing else in common. And Polly and Todd were really there for Corey. They were calling him on his shit. And, like, if he so, listened to them, he wouldn't have had that car accident. So do
3: you think that was real? That wasn't just, like, a guest star spot? What like Do you think they got paid gullible? to be there?
4: Like, as soon as I'm watching yes. reality TV, I believe it. Mm-hmm. I believe the first season, Ryan.
3: <laughs> oh, Carol. <laughs> well,
4: and, and you're not alone. Like... You know,
5: as Mm -hmm. someone who's done reality television, I was like shocked by the number of things that people were just like, did this happen or are you okay? Like, does Norm MacDonald hate you? And she's like, no, like, we've had reality TV at this point for 20 years. Like, don't you know (laughs) that?
3: So when you're on it, like when they do interviews with you and testimonials, is that like really, do they tell you what to say basically?
5: Kind of, like it's very coached, Uh um, but I've watched so much reality TV that I sort of like saw it all coming down the pike. Uh Were you Um, not there to make friends? (laughs) <laughs> I was there to make friends. Aww. Which it, which made me not an interesting interview. Because I was like, I'm just having such a cool time. Yeah. It's great to be in a hotel. You were like, getting fuck paid.
3: Jerry. Jerry's yeah. a piece of shit.
4: Exactly. Know?
3: I'm going to throw this wine in his face. <laughs>
4: fuck you, Jerry. Hello. And then you'll
3: play it before the commercial, and then after the commercial, and yeah. then again before the next one And person. I have
5: a friend who just did Project Runway, same mm. thing, where mm. she's just like a great, she's on this season, she got kicked up. She's a great designer, but she's like, uh, every time they asked me about my family, I was just like, oh, I don't really want to talk about my personal life, but yeah. let's talk about my designs. And then they were just like, okay, you're off the show. Yeah, I mean, you need yeah. to
3: have a narrative, yeah. right? You need to be like, my father died yeah.
0: when I was seven, and
5: then he... Yeah, you can't just be having fun. Yeah. Um. So I think Todd Bridges for sure got paid to be there. Yeah. Like, which doesn't mean it's not sincere. right? Mm,
3: well, that's again where the line is fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. I
5: mean if you had real feelings for a friend and you wanted to have a real intervention, would you, like, have cameras there? Right, exactly. If you cared about their actual well-being.
3: Do you think that Corey Haim knew there was going to be an intervention, though? Like, hey, this is the intervention episode? Yes, I think you know? the
5: whole thing was staged. Really? I think mm. all of it was staged. Hmm.
3: But even, like, at the end, when it goes to shit and they have a friendship breakup, do you think... I don't think that was staged.
5: Well, here's the thing with reality TV is I think that it, if you... If it's produced well. Anything can start staged and then still conjure up real feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, one of my friends from high school is a reality show producer, and she did, like, Rock of Love Bus, and, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, it's sort of like a spreading of gossip. Like, her whole job was basically to put ideas in people's heads that then, you know, especially after a few drinks, whatever, like, made the women really mad at each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. those feelings were real, but she's planning all the seeds. Well, and the
3: amount of stress and the... Yeah,
5: and so I think, yeah, they probably did have a falling out, and it was real, but it was being, like, encouraged Manipulated. by. Manipulated. Hmm. I mean, it's like having any other manipulative friend where you're just like, Ryan said this about you. Right, and so he's like, you...
3: Corey Feldman does, is trying to hold you back. Yeah. And he's like, interesting. So do you think that being on that show ruined their friendship? Probably. Really? I would say so. That's so sad, because this is all, I feel like this is all about the Hollywood machine and what it does to people. Yeah. Corey Feldman is like, his performances on the Today Show, which we'll get to, are like the ultimate like tragic result of being put through the grinder of show business, and we're now speculating that their reality show led to their relationship being destroyed.
5: Yeah, you I know. mean, it's it's the Truman Show. Like, if you yeah. see what that platform can do to regular people, like, models, actors, comedians who yeah. go into that environment, like, imagine what it can do to people who grew up in that machine yeah. that they don't know who's an ally and who's an enemy at any time.
3: Jesus. They have no
5: gauge for humanity, really.
3: Yeah. Well, they don't even know what a normal person's life even looks like.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which so, is probably true for this later Today Show thing where it's, like, you know, mm-hmm. there's probably some producer and a manager and somebody else who's, like, really tongue-in-cheek, like, this is going to be great. Yeah. We're going to kill it. And they're like, this is going to be such a disaster. More people are going to watch the Today oh, Show. Oh, we're
3: going to talk about that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um So then we have... <laughs> it's so
5: horrible.
3: After, after the show, um, I know Corey Feldman and his wife get divorced a couple years later. Susie Feldman. Yeah.
4: And when I was watching it, the online comments were mostly very anti-Susie, even though... Aww. I mean, she, Yeah, she was just mostly trying to assert, like, rational boundaries on the show, and everyone's like, fuck that bitch, it's your fault that he's dead. Like, really hard. Oh,
3: wow. You can also see that she is... Um trying to get involved with PETA and trying to get in Playboy magazine and stuff. That It's yeah. interesting. And we Corey Feldman, <laughs> newsflash, Corey Feldman got married like three days ago. Did you guys see that?
4: Again? No. no to no. an angel? To
3: his mangel. Uh.
4: Yeah.
3: Um. Who is in the performances, and we'll talk about her a little bit. But yeah. you can see how that woman and his <laughs> old his old wife, Susie Feldman, how they're like... Uh, part of this, like, the Corey's angel thing makes me think about how there's so many people that come to Los Angeles that are fairly talented. Like, maybe they were the best singer at their high school. Mm-hmm. And they're hot. And maybe they can act a little bit. And that Are we getting into them. the Angels
4: shit? Oh, we're, my God. We're,
3: we're working towards it. Um, oh, my
4: God. But oh my God. how you...
3: Go to Hollywood and you have these aspirations and one thing that can happen to you is you can get scooped up by someone like Corey Feldman who's got a few connections and a little bit and you can, I don't know. like. Yeah, I
4: but mean, you, if you're going to sign a contract, go for a bigger star, am I right, ladies?
5: Yeah, but I
3: Maybe you I haven't would, met a bigger star. Well, you know? I would hold also down.
5: venture to guess <laughs> that he has like a special place in her life too like yeah you can start off a fan and you know the way that pop pop culture like works on our brains like you know mm-hmm. she probably went into it feeling some sort of intimate connection to him already yeah that it's hard to parse out like am i a gold digger am i an opportunist do i love this person right or do i would i love this person if he wasn't You know, if I didn't already know all this stuff, if I didn't have his poster
3: on my wall, yeah, if I had watched Stand by Me Mm three hundred
4: times, would I ever want to fuck this guy? Yeah, does he even have access to that kind of relative relationship?
3: Well, so yeah, so Corey Haim dies, and then he gets divorced. R.I.P. The next thing I have in my order of stuff... Did you guys watch the Celebrity Wife Swap episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: Wait, that was oh, 2015,
3: God. so we're missing about seven years here. Seven but crazy
4: years. I think he's divorce. going off the fucking cliff here. Well,
3: well, in this album, this double album he's just released, he's supposedly working on for ten years. So wow. I think that's mostly what he was doing during this time.
5: Have you? Did you try to, like search around, like, Corey Feldman 2010 or whatever, like, no. specific years?
3: Well, so I found a couple things. There was, like, Vice did a couple articles where they were going to parties mm-hmm. at his house that, and so he started doing this thing called Corey's Angels. The thing about Corey's Angels that really fucked with me is at the beginning of his first Today Show's performance, he's like, I started Corey's Angels because I wanted to help, blah, blah. And I was like, is this a charity he's talking about? And you're like, no, yeah. it's hot women he fucks. Yeah, Basically. It's a fuck
4: harem. Basically, he was pissed that he kept fucking these girls and helping them with Hollywood connections, and all he got to do is fuck hot chicks. He wanted, like, a share of their money, too. Right. It's so sleazy.
5: Well, and also maybe some sort of contractual obligation so that they can't then, like, fuck him over. Or, I mean, shout-out to Corey for realizing that... Most of his relationships were empty, right? And people are opportunists, yeah. and he has no gauge on human interaction.
3: Uh-huh. So he's
5: like, I can just hire my girlfriends,
3: hmm. like right.
5: Hugh Hefner, you know.
3: Yeah, does Hugh Hefner hire his girlfriends?
5: Kind I of. Mean, yeah, they start out employees, and then he marries them. But the, but like he's. Giving them a life that they can't have without him. Yeah, but you don't. I mean, I'm sure they sign all of the contracts in the world.
3: So here's another question, then: because if he's broke, how is he able to do this?
4: It's it's temporary. I think he's going to fold like any minute. He's on the precipice of danger, Corey. And I
5: think that brokenness is relative. You know, yeah. like like maybe he makes not Hollywood money, but. 500 grand a year or something. Yeah, how
0: though? Where Portland are you getting rich. it from?
5: I mean, from his old movies still airing, uh-huh. from, you know, previous appearances, from yeah. just doing celebrity appearances. You know, like I met Corey Hame at WonderCon. Like, wow. you don't think Feldman yeah. was doing shit like that for. The seven years he disappeared.
3: Yeah, just showing up at, like, Comic-Con. and. Yeah, you know. I
5: mean, you know, you're a freelance artist. Think yes, about the small chunks of money you make for things. If you multiplied that by celebrity, you'd be living an okay yearly salary. I think
3: that there's a thing where if you're that plugged into the public consciousness, then, yeah, you can, like, show up to mall openings and yeah, make, like, $8,000. Yeah. yeah, totally. DJ Nights, yeah, is a big one. That's, like, Mary Kay Letourneau and her husband do, like, DJ Nights, I yeah. guess. Yeah, what I they do. That? That's oh one God. thing they do. Oh, my God. So, um...
4: Do you guys think that one of the contract stipulations for the angels is, please love me?
3: <laughs>
4: I kind of do. It, yeah, that's so sad to put that on the dotted line. That is so sad. That's, that's what Sorry. marriage is supposed to be.
3: <laughs> please love me.
4: <laughs> please love me. Please
3: love me forever. Ugh. Um So then in 2013, there's a Vice article where they went to one of his Corey's Angels parties and it was basically tongue-in-cheekly saying how lame it was.
4: It was so funny. The part where you could definitely tell that they were kidding was when they said, Not!
3: (laughs) That's always good. And then in 2013, a woman wrote an article, I went to Corey Feldman's sex party by accident, Mm -hmm. and she wanted to fuck him. And I guess he doesn't do drugs anymore, but he's doing like nitrous oxide. These are the allegations.
4: That's a drug.
3: But that he was N-O, Carol. N-O. Just say N-O. And then, but that he basically had these fuck parties in his house where you could come over and he'd fuck, like, a few of his angels and you could be there, too. And It's that, a
4: dream come true. <laughs> well, you know, I mean. Oh, yes, yeah, so he's charging people
5: for that, too, right? Right. I think
3: you can pay money to come to a party where there'll be a bunch of hot chicks at Corey Feldman's house and he's gonna fuck a bunch of them. And maybe you can, I don't know what your odds are. there's
5: so many things you can do. Yeah, like, if I was famous enough, I was Corey Feldman, and I just met you, and you were like, hey, will you do my podcast? I could be like, yeah, I'll do it for 500 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) And you just do that all day, every day? Well, that's
3: like Snoop Dogg is on one of the singles that Corey performs, and you know that they just were like, how much would it cost, Snoop Dogg? And he's like, $5,000. Yeah. All right, and Snoop Dogg probably spent... 40 minutes of his life walking to a studio and just like running through this shit real fast and he left and made five grand. And
5: then you get a certain number of those things all the time and I'm guilty of this too at a much smaller level of course but like where you are like oh this is never going to dry up Uh I can always do a DJ night so I'm just going to spend while I have it.
3: Fuck putting it away. Like
5: this minibar bottle of white wine. I know. We're getting fucked <laughs> up there's on several this. several liquor,
4: liquor stores <laughs>
3: I know. We could be brown bagging it, but we don't live like that anymore, Amy. <laughs> Amy and I worked at a video store together in the year 2000. We made, what, $9 an hour?
4: <laughs> yeah. So
3: we've made a little bit of progress.
4: Yeah, we've done okay for ourselves. We
3: could have done worse so then we have the wife swap did you watch the wife swap episode yeah
4: it's like scary about his whole house how the angels have to wear lingerie
3: well so I wanted one thing I want to say is that he wife swaps with Tommy Davidson Mm -hmm. which I just thought was great
4: yeah Tommy Davidson was a class act
3: he really was he was a really decent guy you don't think so
4: I didn't make a face.
5: <laughs> Do you know based something? Based on internal secret comedy knowledge.
3: Oh boy, I'll ask you about that a minute after we're done recording. <laughs> write that down. Ask Amy about I mean, Tommy. I think he's okay.
5: I was surprised that he had just this wife that seemed like sort of well-balanced and kind of normal. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, so my question, okay. She's like
5: selling baby clothes or whatever. Like, I'm yeah. I'm like, all right. So
3: Tommy Davidson's like, I got a pretty normal, like a big titty white wife. She's blonde. And then uh, and a daughter who's super normal who wants to break into comedy, and that yeah. was sort of what they did with the episode. And then Corey's basically like, I'm running a sex cult is the impression yes. he's creating. Yeah. and he's like, I've got my main angel, and then these other chicks angel. that I fuck. yeah, mangel, which her real name I can't remember, but they that's who he married like a few days yeah. ago. And she's in the Today show performances. But sister wives. Yeah. He's doing. Yeah. Like bloody
4: so, sister wives.
3: Well, so I watched this with my girlfriend and she was like.
4: For ideas.
3: <laughs> I said, what do you think of this? So you want to be my main Joel? And I make about 20 grand a year and i get a little thing going. No. Um, I get residuals for my performances. <laughs> so she was like, I don't think this is real. I think that these other (laughs) angels were hired to be in this episode. Maybe he does have this, but they're much homelier and more diseased looking. Sure. Why? But, like, if he's, I don't know, because I do believe that in L.A. there's uh, uh, an overstock of people trying to make it, who will take any connections they can get, who are, there's a lot of hot women in L.A. who are trying to make it.
5: Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a hotel with one right now. <laughs> um, but I, it makes sense that you would be a really attractive woman and you would just fall into the Corey Feldman angel camp. And it seems like probably a lot of them are there for like three months. Like, oh, I got to go live with Corey Feldman for three months. I had to yeah. be vegan and I had to fuck him a bunch of times. But I also got to sleep all day and watch yeah. cable and sit in the pool. And
5: Yes. And, I mean, as I said before... Let's give these women a little bit more agency. Well, it I'm trying to. doesn't mean they're Help all, me. like, dumb as fuck. Right. I mean, there's got to be a certain percentage that are, like, really excited. Like, if River Phoenix was still alive today, no matter what, he, looked like, he could look like a bloated piece of shit. Like, uh-huh. I would have, like, a feeling <laughs> in my heart for him yeah. that felt like true love. Like, yeah. real true love. That's true. Like, but if Kelly Kapowski...
3: Well, like, if Kelly Kapowski had gotten fat and hadn't done anything in a long time, I would still, like, live in her house and eat her out every day if she asked me to. Yeah, of course,
5: because it does feel like a real feeling. And also, I mean, you don't know, Corey Feldman, maybe he's fun to hang out with. Maybe he does eat all these women out. Like, they're not, I think it's a combination of opportunism and true like, I, I almost said pleasure and I felt nauseous. Um,
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
5: like, fun and, like, why not? And, like, drugs and sex and, well, and I like this person. They're probably <laughs> mostly, like,
3: 19, too.
5: Yeah. yeah. And they're
3: like, I went to Hollywood, I tried to figure out what to do, and Corey Feldman let me come live at his house. And he's got, kind of, I think, a really nice house.
5: Yeah. Why not? I mean, people come to L.A. to make it and they stay with their their aunt and uncle. Like, why wouldn't you just stay with Corey Feldman? Yeah.
3: Well, because <laughs> your aunt and uncle don't make you fuck them plus two other women all but the But this time. I'm
5: saying. Maybe a lot of these women wanted to fuck him. Yeah. In a real sexual so.
4: way.
3: Well, he's only like 45 now. Yeah. like, He's not even really old.
4: But he has that Peter Pan thing where he looks young and old at the same time. Again, this is mm-hmm. my eyeballs being accustomed to his baby boy face his mouth in the Goonies. Yeah. And he exactly. kind of can't take his adult face, and I feel like I feel how America feels, and I don't feel good about it, but I'm like, ah, oh, now it's Corey Feldman.
5: Yeah, there's, like, a sense memory where yeah. if you've watched certain movies or certain TV shows so many times, you, like, know how that person's mouth moves yeah. and, like, their mannerisms, and it does feel, I mean, that's what pop culture does to us, like, it feels like a real feeling, especially, yeah. especially for girls, I think.
3: Yeah, more so, Because say, you yeah.
5: don't, as a little kid, and we don't know this at the time, but you didn't as a little boy necessarily have a chance to fuck Kelly Kapowski, but like... Ooh. Well, don't say that point, to me. <laughs> like, I could fuck... Like, a certain number of my childhood crushes. Well, especially Ooh. Corey
3: Feldman. Like, who? Will you name it. That him?
5: sounds like a good no, first but...
4: page of the story. Amy, Do you know what I mean? Like if which I childhood past... crushes have you fucked? <laughs> which ones are you going to? Um... Wait, let me ask
3: you another question. Which famous comedians have you fucked? I'm okay. <laughs> not, not answer. Not I,
4: talking about I know that. a few
3: of them. But... John
4: Lovett. <laughs> but, you know, it's like any other... when you
3: fucked John Lovett, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> Did you love it? <laughs> <laughs>
5: It's like falling in love with a professor or, yeah, or, yeah a teacher or anybody like that where you're but, just like, you just had some power over me, and you can get it until you're 75. Like, I don't hmm. care.
3: Don't you think, though, that there's personal growth with deciding not to fuck Corey Feldman and be like, I don't want to do that anymore. It's kind of sad and weird what yeah, he's doing Yeah, but these
4: now. are young ladies. That's so. true. So they and haven't we, made those mistakes yet.
5: When we met Corey Haim that day, I had that struggle within myself. You wanted to fuck him? Like, no, I didn't. Not him, because he was, like, doing so bad. Be- like, he was struggling so much, and he you was clearly fucked up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, if he had been doing a little bit better, I might have been like, I would definitely sleep with you. Huh.
3: If he had been able to stand up straight. Yeah. Yeah. So he couldn't get it up. <laughs> that's why you didn't have sex with him. <laughs> it's like shooting pool with a rope. Um, When did you meet Corey Haim?
5: Uh, with Caitlin Hansen at WonderCon in like oh, 2000. Yeah. When would that? Have been three. Like uh-huh. When did he die?
3: I don't know. A little I while have ago. A
5: picture of it. We were working at Vidios at the time.
3: Oh, okay, yeah, I was gone by then. Okay, I was yeah, in maybe 2002,
4: 2003. Okay. So, like, what about the part of wives swap when Corey Feldman's like lender wife like tries to make the angels wear business clothes and then teach them about college? And she rips yeah. him a contract, and Corey goes, "No, this bad from angel kind." Yes, he says that, and Corey Bellman also says that he is college. Well, that's part
3: of it. Part. Is that he's
4: on so much coke that he's for sure that he is college.
3: That's the thing oh, that I couldn't gosh. quite... Because how much was that a bit, and how much oh. was it real? Like, the Corey's Angels... Because like, he really wanted to convince us, the it. audience, that he has <laughs> this grip on these women. Yeah. He's basically running their lives. And yeah,
4: his therapist like, in the Corey's said that he was controlling. So here he's yeah. grown more into a control goblin.
5: Yeah, well, that happens to a lot of people who, like... Especially child stars who don't have control over their career. And then, you know, a lot of people who have been traumatized, like, you want to control any part of your life you can find. Right. And if that was his thing, then...
3: But they have moments in the thing where he'll be like, do more push-ups! And they're like, oh, Corey! And it felt very fake to me. Like, it felt like they were trying to create this impression...
5: Well, yeah. ...that
3: he has this mental control over these women.
5: So much of it is, but again, whatever reality show producer that's making that... It is fake, and they're staging something at all times, but they're also staging something with a person who's mentally ill. Right. Right. So it's still puppeteering to some extent.
3: Yeah. But so how real do you think... I think he's definitely doing this Corey's Angels thing. Oh, yeah. But I think probably all it means is that at any given time, there's like two or three young women living in his house that he makes some effort to get them an appointment with someone at Virgin Records or whatever, and he fucks them. They have to eat vegan and exercise all day, or exercise a lot, or there's like a fitness regime. Like hooters. Yeah, but that's probably about the extent of it, I would say. I don't know, but...
4: We'll never know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I bet we could probably call Corey Feldman right now.
4: Ryan, why (laughs) don't you dress like a girl and become the new angel?
3: Carol, can we have one plan? No. ...that you make that doesn't involve me dressing like a girl. No. No. all right, I'm just asking, but all right. I'm (laughs) under your regime, so if I have to dress like a girl, I'll do it.
4: Do more push-ups. Oh, yeah, look at that uh, butt.
3: Woo-hoo. I'm your your (laughs) angel. So then we have arrived to the first Today Show performance. Oh,
4: my God. Which
3: is, so this is when the questions start. Go for it. (laughs) So they booked, he released a double album... They show you the cover art, which why is it on a phone? The cover
4: art looks like a meme. It's like Photoshop together Corey crawling out of hell and It hit. looks
3: like my beginning digital imaging first project in college.
4: <laughs> yeah. Now he has like a cousin that he gave $500 to. I like it. It's just to say I like a good meme. But he better it, not
3: have paid $500 for that he Photoshop job.
4: paid $200. <laughs> that's that's reasonable.
5: No, he Real talk, he probably had some fan that did it for him for free because he was like, I'm
4: Corey Feldman. Huh.
3: But it looks so bad.
4: Well, so he
3: released a double album. It's called Angelic
4: to the Core.
3: To the Core. That's the other thing I want to say about it Corey the Feldman. Is number two? Yes. One is whenever he writes anything, he uses numbers. <laughs> that makes it cool. And if he says you, it's the letter you. Like if you spend too much time on the internet looking at things he's written and posted, you'll notice that. And then the other thing is that everything, like, he lives in the Feld Mansion. Yeah. His book is called Choreography. Everything's like Corey or Feldman. I like that. His name, Angelic to the core. Right,
4: the core
5: of Corey. You know what's funny about the number and the you thing is that it's not even a social media takeover. I think he's like emotionally stuck in the mid nineties.
3: You think that's what it is? It's yeah, like the I very Yeah, I think it's more from
5: that than from. So like, it's, 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 more like from like, it's more from like holdover with the emoji
4: language.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's more from like using pagers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: You do get emotionally stunted when certain traumas happen. Success too.
3: Childhood. success. So, he goes on the Today Show. So I guess we want to talk about it ahead of time. They clearly booked him for the spectacle of this.
4: It and it seems like it's produced to have his ass out too. Yeah. It's very it's very sinister.
0: Mm-hmm. Think, it is,
3: right? Yeah. Because then it, it became a viral video. You, I think, Amy, were the first person I saw. Po- you posted this on Facebook. Yes. And that's what did this to me. Because In I saw this. Edits. And I got fucking obsessed with it. Like, I couldn't <laughs> let it go. Because st- it's so bizarre.
0: Mm
5: hmm. Well, this is like, did you see, uh, I think last week when Dr. Phil was, like, interviewing Shelley Duvall? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah. uh,. Kubrick's daughter like lost it and wrote this letter and was like you can't just interview mentally ill celebrities for the spectacle like well and he's specifically a doctor so he's not the today show that's much worse right but just to like parade someone out and be like look how Fucked up, she is. Is
3: Shelley Duvall mentally ill now? Yeah, yeah. I know that her Stanley Kubrick daughter has some Kickstarter for her to help her, but it was very yeah. unclear what we yeah, were helping she's with.
4: She's like a Scientologist, and it looks like she's just going to give it to Scientology, like a. Well. Uh.
5: Well, yeah, yeah. So, but it, I do think it was the spectacle. Like, yeah, let's just, I. There's got to be a whole pitching process involved. Like, yeah. as a manager or somebody or maybe one of the angels does it? Yeah. Like send this, yeah, send the track ahead of time, send here's what our stage setup is. Uh-huh. We need six microphones cuz I'm one dude, but there's five angels, yeah. you know. And all along the way, somebody at the Today show was just like, this is going to be fucking wild.
3: Yeah. No, I mean there okay, I'm going to say there's a 0% chance that anyone was like Corey Feldman's new album's out the single's great we're gonna have him on he's gonna do a great show like right. there's zero chance no. of that that yeah, it was it's not
5: a it's not a crumbling like, uh, like Lana Del Rey thing or something where you're like already talented and then you just have this bad live performance or like, like Cat
3: Power yeah like yeah. is she gonna freak out yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly it's not that there's, it's they not knew. that at all it's like this is gonna be so terrible that Amy Miller's gonna post it to her Facebook <laughs> and Ryan <laughs> Alexander is gonna get obsessed with it they're gonna make a podcast about it that's how shitty it's gonna be.
4: Yeah. It seems like for other artists, when they get to that level, like, these days, there's all auto-tuning, right? I don't know it's right. pure anymore. Uh, Corey was just going by the power of his own voice. I'll say that I think he'd be a good karaoke singer. But, um. Well,
3: one thing this really reminded me of, I mm-hmm. I can honestly say, okay, because there's a lot of times where you go, oh, uh, you know, uh, Britney Spears sucks, and people can go, and I don't know if it's a valid argument. People go, Britney Spears is better than you. She can dance better than you, or whatever. And like, yeah. okay, maybe someone has to be a lot better than me before they should be on TV or whatever. But <laughs> this is the only thing I can I think so. of because I can't sing and I can't dance, and I'm fine with that. I'm This reminds me of like when I go, oh yeah, I'll sing. Blah, blah, I'll sing that fucking uh, Katy Perry song at karaoke, and you get up and you realize you suck, and you go, oh, yeah. fuck, I got four more minutes of this. You know, shit. Yeah, That's yeah. what this performance reminds me of. Like, we just got to get through this. But yeah, go I, for it. This is literally the only person <laughs> I've seen do a performance this publicized where I'm like, I could do as well as that.
5: Even the dancing, Ryan. Well, yeah, let's I talk see about the this. dancing.
3: <laughs> because, okay, the other thing that's disturbing about this is he's clearly doing his best and giving it his all. I know. He's really trying hard, and it's that's
5: so sad. That's what
3: fucks with you about this.
5: I think he's okay. Do you?
4: Kind Carol, of. You're on a lot of weed. I know, Carol, you're high on weed. I'm not that high.
3: Carol, this is actually an intervention.
4: Oh, yeah. shit. Where's we, Polly Shore? Todd, eight, Bridges, Todd is Bridges is here. Todd Bridges is
3: here. $4. Yeah. <laughs> we told him we were doing a he's podcast. Dead, right? He was like, I'm here. No, Todd Bridges, I don't think he's dead.
4: I'll stop but, weed if Todd Bridges punches Polly Shore.
3: Or what if Todd Bridges is like, Carol, I really just need you to stop weed. Would you stop?
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> he has no power over me. We're not That's peers. Fair.
3: But, um, what were we talking about, the dancing? Yeah. Like, I am not a good dancer. I could dance as well as this.
5: He's not moving right now. Oh, wait. (gasps) No, I'm not showing showing you.
3: (laughs) I'm just saying in general. Like, I think if you took your average person (laughs) off the street and you spent a week, a rigorous week, trying to get them to do this exact dance performance Corey Feldman did you would be about as good as Corey Feldman was on the Today it's
4: heartbreaking. Show. heartbreaking.
3: Well, and he needs a core- a choreographer. Oh, like,
4: I think because... he is his own choreographer. I know, and
3: I think that's a lot of the problem. <laughs> is he's doing these moves, and it's so deliberate. Like when he, he's...
4: he must be surrounded by yes men and yes angels. I
3: think he's in his living room with yeah. five Corey's angels that are yeah. dependent on him it's like a George Lucas Star Wars thing but without all the money and prestige
4: <laughs> uh, they're contractually obligated to say this is a good track they're but like I think like even if they haven't signed contracts which of
5: course they have I mean think about how many people we've all dated we're just like That's great, honey.
3: Well, talk to me more of that, Amy, because I don't think I've done that at all. Yeah,
5: you you don't do it as often. I think women do it much more often. Mm. It's just like a codependent relationship where you're just like, I'm here to encourage you, and I get something out of taking care of you. Uh Like, the combination of his fame and them loving him with also them being, like, able to have the power to, like, encourage him in some mm-hmm. way and to play or the like keyboards. try to save him
3: uh-huh. like that's
5: i mean i have dated so many people in like a shitty band where i'm just like i love it
3: well i as a man would like to stay don't <laughs> Do any of those things.
5: Your drawings are so good, Ryan. <laughs> oh, no.
3: Do you think I'm getting false encouragement in relationships?
5: <laughs> no, you're actually good. This is but one of those no things. there's no way to know. Well, thanks, Amy. You really <laughs> think so? Uh, but,
3: no, you're good. No, but I mean, that's part of what's scary is like people, we want to support people in their dreams but I've never seen a clearer case where it's like, no one should be supporting his dream. They, the other thing about this is, if you're Corey Feldman, let's say you've made some amount of money. Mm-hmm. You have some money sitting around, and you want to do something. Like, start like an organic nut butter company or something. Like, found a business Name that makes sense butter. and is sustainable... And isn't about you being loved and admired and on TV. Like
5: Roseanne's Macadamia Nut Farm in Hawaii. I Yay. think a lot of celebrities <laughs> have
3: bought things that were actually profitable and made sense and were modest. And Because if you have money, you can make more money. Like, if you have the capital... You just open a fucking Cinnabon or something. Yeah, even if you're
5: addicted to the fame and attention, then you don't want to start a nut farm.
3: Right, but that's really destructive. He is a nut farm. Yeah.
4: Sign the contract. Get in that nut farm.
3: The other thing I want to say too is that I really noticed from this is that Corey's whole um, like his cadence and his just to read on him he seems very different like the way he talks
5: yeah he's on drugs yeah. do you think
3: he, if that's what it is
5: yeah, absolutely what drugs
3: do you think he's on
5: probably cocaine. opiates and up yeah cocaine really? uppers cocaine and downers
4: and yeah, yeah.
3: I feel like he has quit those kinds of drugs, and he overdoes like he only does like prescription medical type. That's drugs. That's Corey
4: Haim for you.
3: I think they both did that. They're like, oh man, I'm fucking clean now. I just do a bunch of oxycontin and Xanax, yeah. and yeah, you know,
5: uh, it does change like the way you talk and interact with
0: people. Does it?
3: Because mm-hmm. he seems his his like um, just his general presence seems. He has this weird like fake kind of meekness or something. He yeah. has like mm-hmm. almost a bashfulness about him when he talks. And then he has this one strand of hair in the front. Yeah.
5: yeah. It's, it's the Michael strand. So
3: let's talk about the uh, Michael Jackson The Michael thing. issue. So what is up with that?
5: Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think there's a possibility that Michael maybe was a part of his
4: trauma. Do you yeah. think? Uh, Corey says that Michael was not, but that... um. Corey would hang out with Michael when he didn't have a friend, probably like, you know, 11 or 12, still vulnerable, extremely, but that what Michael does is like that Matt Damon Liberace movie, where he has one kid that he really likes, and he'll talk to about dinosaurs or shit and their family for like three weeks, but then he's sick of the kid, and he dumps them, and that is devastating, Corey said that hurt him, but he said that Michael did not molest him, so silver lining, I guess? But if, and then,
5: but if he was obsessed with Michael in a way, and then got turned away from him, mm-hmm. and then experienced another trauma, like, there's that thing where people sort of get frozen in time emotionally a little mm-hmm. bit, like, yes. have you seen the Tiffany documentary where...
3: I think we're alone now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, That's incredible, and, about I mean, people who are obsessed with And everybody with
5: in that, like, aside from being on the spectrum mostly, right. like, had experienced some significant sexual trauma... Right at the time that Tiffany was at her peak. And well, you just one sort of, of them got into a really there.
3: bad accident. Yeah. When, and it was, yeah. like, a physical trauma. Physical trauma, yeah. yeah
5: to, where they just kind of got stuck there. And I think that's totally possible that that's what happened to him, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he was... Uh, Clearly fixated on Michael, and then went through all this shit, and like that just sort of became his obsession.
3: Yeah, because he wanted to do impressions of him, and he did it in movies, and his musical performance is clearly like a really shitty Michael Jackson. Knock did you off. guys
5: watch yeah. the minor league baseball
3: yes. performance
5: that I sent? Yeah. Had you seen it before? No. Oh, so good. I missed it. you recap a little? I mean, he, yeah, he, he's basically performing with a few of the angels on like the the the, the deck of like this minor league baseball stadium stands like is it is it there's angels like in the outfield <laughs> <Carol>. <laughs> corny Fuck. angels in the outfield
3: oh so yeah.
5: um, and nobody's there there's and like 20,
3: <laughs> there's about 20 people there the
5: weirdest performance and he's doing like michael stuff in that too but he, i
3: thought that performance was significantly better than his today show performances
5: yeah, and that is really saying something.
3: Yeah. Well, and again, though, he's really. Oh, I like when he get tangled up in the cords, too, when he's Whoa, dancing around uh, at the side of the baseball field.
4: Cory, more like Cordy.
3: <laughs>
4: Cordy Feldman, right?
3: The other thing is, like, the weird kind of self righteousness. Okay. So, <laughs> basically, long story short, he fucking sucks when he goes on the Today Show.
5: It's not good.
3: And he, and, like, objectively, he sucks. Like, I don't think a single person in the United States saw this performance well, and thought it was question, good. question,
5: though, Ryan. Is there such a thing as objectively sucking? Yes. Objective
3: art. I think so. The other thing is that this song, this Go For It song, the message of this song is so weirdly a fuck you to us right now making this podcast.
4: Yeah, it's about it's addressing be, the haters. That it's all we about are. the
3: haters, and that we're the haters. He says they point and laugh at you, but nobody knows their names, and that's about how obscure and unloved we are. Burn. And that we could, and it's like a preemptive fuck you to anyone who's going to talk shit about his shitty yeah. performance. Which is there. Which
4: then happens. There
3: has to be some awareness in that.
4: Yeah, he knows that people don't like him. He's doing this. Well, either for himself or for money. I'm not really sure or to, try to
5: I mean, I think a combination of both things, yeah. but again, like I I don't think he has a lot of gauge on reality and if and if right. you if you form like all of your like the the base for interacting with other people as a preteen and teen, which I think is true for all of us. Like think about how many people sat down with him in a meeting and they were like, you're amazing. We Mm -hmm. need you for this project so much. Like, all of these people telling him he was perfect, he was perfect. And that's the message that he kind of hung on to. And I think now he's just like, yeah, I'm just really good. Hmm. And since, like, especially with social media, all these people who are legitimately very good experience the same level of trolling and negative Uh feedback then it's really easy to be like, well, yeah, I'm just like this person who... I'm
3: just like Pink, who sent me a nice text or Yeah, uh, I'm just
5: like Taylor Swift, yeah. um, who people are so mean to all the time. And so we're all the same. Like, it's just, you know, losers, unfamous people are haters, and that's just what they do. Internet trolls make fun of us. And there's no, I don't think he does have an awareness that he's bad. There's no but, way he can. There's no way to
4: get to him now.
3: I've seen that in comics a lot, too. Like, a lot of shitty comics will come out, and they will be interviewed with the editors, and they're just like, dude, no matter what you do, people are going to shit on you. And I think that the this bombardment of internet hate about everything makes it really hard to discern when something truly is bad or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
5: I think as a performer, you can discern by, like, n- looking at credible sources and being like, well, these... Few things did say I was good, like
3: the onion or something. I, yeah.
5: <laughs> I feel good about it, and I keep getting work. I mean, that's really the big thing, right? Is yeah, that... and
4: Corey's not getting that work though.
5: Well,
3: that's the thing. Okay, so wait, real quick, because he got invited back, and I want to talk about that. But before that, he went on something. It's not The View. It's some other show with Sharon Osbourne and Darlene from Roseanne, yeah, the, talk. the Talk. I love so it. He went on that, and he went to talk about his performance. So he got bombarded with hate after this performance, and he released some Facebook video that got deleted that I couldn't find where yeah, he cried I watched
5: it, yeah. How did how you watch it? it? I watched it at the time. <sighs> I was following this. I was hot on the heels it, of this story. It. See,
3: this just shows you, if you're not constantly following everything Corey Feldman's <laughs> doing, you're going to miss out.
5: Amy, how was it? Um, I mean, it's kind of heartbreaking, but I think The the fact that he also later deleted it shows that he's always maybe struggling with, like, am I good, am I not good, I don't know what's real, I don't know if the haters are right or if I'm right, because if you're, like, upset and, like, oh, you hurt my feelings, and then you later take it down, then... I mean, he doesn't. I just don't think he knows what's what's right.
3: Well, and I feel like watching that video would, like, for example, if we posted this podcast and Corey Feldman contacted me and was like, "That really hurt my feelings," the way you guys talk, I would feel like shit. I would feel really I'm bad legitimately about
5: worried it. I'm Worried about it.
3: <laughs> well, and the only thing that I I, I can take confidence in feeling like Corey Feldman doesn't give a fuck about me, and he's way more rich and powerful than I'll ever be. And it's that punching up thing, which probably we shouldn't do. Yeah, but well, and he's inviting. How stop. <laughs> he's he's inviting scrutiny mm-hmm. by like and I mean he's also inviting praise. Like in his mind I think it was feasible to him that he's gonna go on the Today Show and people were gonna love it and he was gonna sell a bunch of albums. Like yeah. that's what he thought was gonna happen.
4: I wonder if he did.
3: He must have.
4: I mean, this whole thing happened after Rebecca Black's Friday, right? Like, oh, people know
3: later, yeah. People
4: know bad songs are interesting to the internet. People well, have figured that out.
3: Do you think Corey Feldman... Okay, that's the other thing is how engineered is this. Do you think he knows he's horrible and it's a mm-hmm. spectacle and he wants to create that spectacle for that level of fame? Or do you think that he's really trying to make something good and he wants people to, to appreciate it?
5: I think that there's, I, I don't think he has any way of really discerning between those two things. I think they've been connected his entire life. I mean, I would bet he's not that capable of doing anything without wanting some level of spectacle.
3: But I think he's sincere, mm-hmm. too. Like, I think he's working really, really hard to make the best music he can possibly totally. make. Like, yeah. And that he really wants to make something good.
4: Yes. I mean, and yeah, art's really hard. You're going to, yeah. you're going to, you have to spend like 20 years before you can be good at drawing or whatever. You well, and even it. if you're
3: good, you're going to fuck up sometimes.
4: Well, yeah. You know? And on top of that, if you're mentally ill.
3: Right. Which
5: I have are. been. Are. I are. You are. I are. have been trying to like be aware of and introduced into more conversations because it's fucking real. Like, there's so yeah. many comedians that people are like, that guy's just off the rails, he's a dick, and I'm like, he's having clearly a mental break.
3: Right, he's you know? not in control of his own behavior. Like, yeah, yeah,
5: he's not just a shock comedian, he's not doing this for the spectacle. Like, someone's really... Up right now, which is how so many celebrities, comedians, musicians, actors alike just die, and then people are like, "I didn't see that coming." It's like, (laughs) well, that's because we don't talk about mental illness in men ever.
3: Yeah, like because so much of our behavior can pass his mental illness. Yeah. That it's hard to know, I guess. totally. Yeah. No, and
5: because people have this idea, like, you're a celebrity, you're kind of rich, fuck you. Like, if, yeah, punching up. But mm-hmm. it's, it's never yeah. punching up if if someone is
3: mentally ill. No, it's true. If Corey Feldman dies next week, I'm not going to be at all surprised. Right. But I won't mourn him. I um, think
4: <laughs> he's got 10, 15 more years easy.
3: I mean, I don't know what happens next. But So he goes on the talk... And Sharon Osbourne's like, yeah, I shit talked you. So he contradicts himself is one thing because he's like, well, fuck you, Sharon Osbourne. I've been doing this for twenty years and I got eight albums. And then the next week he goes back on the Today Show and says people are shit talking us, but we're new and we're revolutionary. He and a says lot of that. people when they're starting, oh yeah, so there's a lot of people when they're starting out, people wanted to shit on them because they didn't know, understand what they were doing. It. But so going on the talk gives him a chance to. Uh, defend himself and the audience claps for him and shit. Yeah. And it's like no. He really needs to understand that he sucks. And he, like that he's only going to embarrass himself by perpetuating this.
5: Do you think that it would help him though if someone had that intervention and said like, hey man.
3: I think you need to get Willis and Polly Shore together <laughs> yes. and sit him down. <laughs> well, okay, so that's one of the questions is, are we in the wrong, like how unhealthy is it that he's allowed to keep doing these performances and embarrassing himself?
4: Well, if he has a song in his heart, it's his right to get to sing it, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, bad art can be the most amazing art sometimes. An outsider artist heard some bad art that, you know, doesn't fulfill the obligations you would think of for the piece, but then it's more amazing because it came out of left field.
3: Well, but if we're only allowing him to do it because it brings us joy to humiliate yeah. him, then should he be allowed to do it?
5: but i don't think i don't think everyone watching it the three of us included are o- i don't think people are only watching it because this man's humiliating himself i think that we people like us are interested in the dichotomy of it of like what is this is it sinister is it real uh-huh. what kind of person is he should i chase my dreams like yeah. i think that there are probably a lot of people looking a little bit deeper at it Mm-hmm. And at how, like, when pop culture figures go off the deep end, how it affects us, why it affects us. I think mm-hmm. it's a very small percentage of people that are like, yeah, fuck this guy. Look at him so embarrassed. I
3: think it's the most people. I think people who watch I the really Today don't. Show, like, especially the people who watch the second performance, are like, oh, this guy's going to fucking make an ass of himself again. It's hilarious. And it's I think
5: interesting. That's... I mean, yeah, I don't feel that way. and I don't feel like that performance would exist without... How long reality TV has been on And been Mm. successful Which Elicits the same emotions out of us Which is like This is a spectacle And I want to see people embarrass themselves But I also want to think of like The psychology of why someone would do this
3: Yeah well that's what's That's what's deeply compelling about it. To and me. there's
5: some compassion involved. Like you feel compassion for him, right? Like you're not
3: I feel like I need to question myself because my initial impulse is like, I gotta watch this. This is fucking fascinating. Yeah. And I wanna see it. And yes. then I the doubt I have around that and the guilt I have around that and the feelings of like how much am I the asshole Yeah for this That's compelling. And then this, like, who's wrong and who's benefiting from this? And am am I personally exploiting him just by watching this video and giving it hits and being compelled by it? And
5: I think we get addicted to those feelings even as otherwise compassionate people. And part of it is like, yeah, how much much am I embarrassing myself when I perform or create my art? Like, how much do I want to see vulnerability in other humans because... Not enough people in my daily life ever show it, or some, you know, like. But it's
3: also like, like I was in, uh, I can't remember Macy's or something, and there was like a crazy woman in there, and there was like music playing. So and,
5: a woman.
4: Uh, oh, too real. <laughs> Say no more. You were with and your girlfriend. I was. Yes. Oh, and can women be shopping. I know, and your mom. I was oh. buying. I
3: was buying her jewelry, and I was killing time. And this crazy woman, like, uh, who lived on the streets. She was standing in front of this mirror, like this long mirror, and she was like listening to the music that was playing and sort of like putting on this whole show for herself where she didn't clearly didn't know where she was, and <laughs> mm-hmm. she was like enraptured by her own reflection and imagining herself as this performer performing these songs, you know? And I almost like envied her, like, oh, I wish I could just be that gone and, yeah. and immersed in this thing. But also I was like, I'm entertained by your... Self delusion. Yeah. So you filmed
4: her on your camera, and and it got 180 million
3: hits. I made forty (laughs) thousand (laughs) dollars. No, but I guess I just have to question and like that. I want to watch the Corey Feldman thing, and that I want to talk about it, and that. But part of me is getting off on how shitty he is and how funny that is,
0: right? Yeah. And
3: that's part of it. And then part of me is like, wait. So these are my questions. So long story short, he went on again the today show he wore a gold hood instead of a black one this time
4: because he's coming out of hell all the time he's reborn
3: he sucked super bad he couldn't hit the high note in front of all of america that was really painful that's the other thing is he can't sing at all is another part of the problem of this so anyway, and then, uh, I don't know, We fucking watched that, too, and pointed and laughed at it. And uh, he dropped the American flag, and he wrote an official apology about that. <laughs> it was hard.
4: Did he drop it for a political reason, or just due to bad choreography? Bad
3: choreography, and that was part of the statement. So are we dicks for laughing at this? <laughs>
4: yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna be a dick. Tablet culture isn't great, but sometimes cringe humor is the best humor. I don't... I could stop, but would that stop the cycle? How could we stop it? We might as well enjoy it. I don't know. I mean, Mm.
5: I think that being a dick and then examining that is, like, the most human thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sure. And it involves a lot of empathy. If you don't have any empathy, you don't have any compassion, then you uh, don't feel the second part at all.
0: Mm -hmm. You
5: just do the laughing. And I think, as, like, regular people, you know, that level of celebrity takes a lot from us also in a way i mean maybe like women in particular like you know i mean this dude's famous he has like a harem of hot chicks you mm-hmm. know it's it, it is just part of that cycle of like just uh like codependent relationships and women just being like i'm just a body here to celebrate a mediocre man <laughs> like you know oh. in a way the compilation of all of the Celebrity situations exactly like that also damages us. So I feel like there's always a thing where you're like, well, I'm allowed to laugh at that kind of because Mm -hmm. it's affected me too. Well, and
3: he's inviting it to like he's drawing attention to himself and it's negative attention.
5: Yeah, it's not the kind of thing where some, you know, the paparazzi just films someone in a breakdown on the street or drunk outside of a club. Like, those he's not caught off
3: guard by this. He's orchestrating on the appearances. On a TV show, yeah. He's going. He went to great lengths and efforts to do that performance. Yes, yeah, and it yeah.
5: wasn't the first thing he did. A whole, the whole reality show, the two quarries. Yeah, like a, that's also a spectacle. Like, I, I don't think he has the most agency himself in making these decisions. Because well, that's the
3: other thing. he's clearly delusional. He's not aware and in control of himself, and that's yeah. a big thing that makes me wonder if we're the dicks.
5: But but how else is he going to make money? I mean that's the thing is like if you see like that crazy woman at the Macy's yeah. probably doesn't have a lot of job prospects. Like right. Corey Feldman doesn't have other skills. It's not like we can just help him and then be like you know what we're going to get him into a nice McDonald's job. Right. Well, and <laughs> like, he wouldn't.
3: He has to do this. No,
4: exactly. He has to do this. And he doesn't have the power to choose between good attention and negative attention right now. So he
3: doesn't care if it's positive or negative, he just wants the attention? He
4: thinks because he's trying hard that it's going to be good work. I think he does care. Yeah. He
5: just doesn't know that it's bad.
4: Yeah.
3: He must have some, but like, the amount of ridicule he received after his first performance, to go out and do it again, that's... Delusional,
5: right? But that's part of that Hollywood delusion. If you if you are talking to the Today Show producer, all of the angels that live in your house, your manager, and they're like, "Yeah, do it. It's going to be awesome." Uh-huh. Like, do you take that word over like millions of people on social media? Probably because those are the only people you know.
3: They're real people, yeah, they're not just like an egg or whatever. That yeah, I mean, like if I was doing USAP something, Korea.
5: yeah, that got panned online Mm -hmm. and you and carol and like five other people that i trust who are creative were like it was amazing Mm -hmm. i'd be like fuck the haters (laughs) so i mean at
3: what point (laughs) do you give in and like when can you accept that you're not good at something Like, that's my other question. Should you follow your dreams even if you're terrible? Like, how do you even recognize that you're terrible? Like, Corey Feldman does not seem to understand that he fucking sucks at this.
4: Yeah. I feel like if it's something you're doing with love in your heart and for the joy of the work, that even if a lot of people hate it, maybe it's good for you and maybe it's good for one other freak who has your sensibilities. And if you work long and hard enough, eventually you'll find something more to say that the world can use. Uh, you know, he's a little suffering because he has, like, a 19 year old's music ability, but he's 30, and he's already in the lens, and we'll just laugh at him until he gets good. He's if 45. He in, he's, he's really old. <laughs> 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 he's he, 70. He's 139 hundred years. He has a right to do his music. We have a right to laugh at him. But I think if he keeps trying, he gets get somewhere good before he dies. I think art can save you from addiction and suffering if you really walk down that path. Also, therapy would be great for Corey. Well,
3: like, I always remember, I got to interview Kato Kaelin in, like, 2005 or something. Did he and sound
4: like Polly Shore?
3: No, he sounded like Kato Kaelin. Oh. And the thing <laughs> that really, I was really affected by it. And part of it was he seemed very aware, like, I'm Kato Kaelin. That's who people are going to see. That's going to be the loaded thing of my presence. Uh-huh. I can sort of live with that and feel like maybe I didn't become a superstar or a famous actor, but I'm plugged into this thing and I'm doing better than most people. And it seems like Corey Feldman could be happy with the success that he has had and live a pretty normal life. Mm-hmm. But this desire to live this extravagant life and this life of success and luxury is destroying him
5: yeah he's, he's chasing the dragon like he's trying to get back to those bright moments where he did yeah stand by me he did the lost boys and people praised him and chased after him and tried to you know book him for more stuff like that's that's a really addictive drug mm-hmm. praise and if you don't have a core
3: core core <laughs>
5: Like uh, (laughs) a level of praise in your life from like normal, well-adjusted people, like parents or siblings or whatever that are like, you know, you can just be a good person and live a modest life, Mm -hmm. then you're always
4: going to be chasing that.
0: Hmm.
4: And he's trying to control people, women, and sexualize them like he was controlled and sexualized as a young boy. He's trying to take that power back by perpetuating. The same unhealthy dynamic. So you think you get there until he drops that. But. What I'm
3: learning from this is that if you feel objectified and used, that you should just objectify and use women.
5: <laughs> well that is how life. that is how it happens a lot of the time and he's not just mm-hmm, taking mm-hmm, back the mm-hmm. sexual power but taking back the uh, you know The potential For success In Hollywood yeah. Power With the, huh. like Offering them Opportunities
3: Interesting Yeah Because
5: whatever Happens like That was a spectacle But those Five girls Probably never Been on TV yet Well right? and then right.
3: There was the one That pulled out At the last minute And we that Were going to Talk about That phone call Yeah and she
5: is Smart Yeah <laughs>
3: Should we play The voicemail I can play now. Yeah Okay, so I'll do that, Crystal. So it's
1: Corey. I'm I'm wanting to believe that this is a joke. Uh, you gotta be joking, right? This isn't real. Like, no human being on this earth would be selfish enough and egotistical enough and fucked up in the head enough to fuck friends over like this at the last minute. Like, you know that I spent real money, and you know that I'm struggling, and you know how hard it has been to get to this point. And like, no person would do this to another group of people that they call friends unless you're like a soulless, careless, like, inhumane fucking piece of shit. So I really hope, for all fucking practical purposes, that this is a fucking elaborate joke and that you're gonna call and say that this was all a joke or you were just playing or something. Because if I don't fucking hear from you, girl, your name is fucking Mud. Let me tell you, don't even bother coming back to LA, because you'll never get another gig in that fucking town, ever. Like I will fucking make sure everybody knows what a piece of shit you are. Kidding? Cool,
4: piece. He's mad though.
3: But it's uh, it's 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 telling, I think, about his persona and um, well, and that he's freaked out too. You know that I think that he's probably dealing with a lot of insecurity and instability too.
4: Of course. Yeah, he says that he's struggling financially, and he says that he's going to ruin her in Hollywood forever, which is like, come on, Corey, I don't think you're that top well, dog anymore, buddy.
3: And that's the part where I don't really feel bad for him anymore. Oh, sure. If he's like, hey, you're hurting me by not doing this, that's one thing, but being like, I'm going to fuck your shit up and get revenge. And then yeah. I'm like, well, I don't feel bad for you then, Corey He's Feldman.
4: become the villain as well.
3: Well, so do we have anything else? To, I mean, it seems like... Are we the assholes, or is Corey Feldman the asshole? For Everybody
5: the- oh, is asshole. the asshole. So everyone
3: yes. that touches this is tainted. Yeah.
5: Like yes. The Today Show, mostly. So
3: <laughs> how bad should I feel that I can't stop watching this and thinking about it?
5: I don't think that you need to feel that bad, as long as you have, like, a base level of compassion, which
4: I think that you do. Oh, thank you, Amy.
3: I appreciate yeah. that.
4: And because it's chosen, I'm going
3: to remind you later that yeah. you told me that though, at some <laughs> other point in our lives. That's a
4: free pass for when you do something truly
5: terrible.
0: Exactly.
3: And because
5: there were so many people involved, and it was not being caught off guard. If you were like rewatching a video every day of some celebrity, like at their
4: darkest, when you moment, get hit <laughs> by a
3: truck or something. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Like Chevy Chase at the roast. That's a dark one.
3: So Amy, like, if you, because you're just released your first album, you're on tour as comedian yes if you figured out at some point that people only wanted to see you because you fucking suck and they wanted to laugh at you not with you (laughs) would you keep doing it or would you just be like i gotta do something else
5: um no i wouldn't keep doing it but i don't know that i i just can't imagine
4: not being aware that that's what was going on yeah cory or uh, amy rather came into this (laughs) i get them confused
3: all the time right
4: so similar they're like opposites in this because Corey was thrust into it as a baby boy child and Amy's been smart and working on things for her whole life and then approached the stage when she's got the material. What Corey doesn't have is the material. He can't write comedy or maybe songs, you know. I would love to see
3: Corey's stand up routine.
4: I, I mean you saw Screech's stand up routine, Ryan. You're I
3: did, yeah. You're that I guy. I watched
4: it. The the other
5: thing is that people hate watch. For free.
0: Yeah.
5: And that is partially what the internet is for. Yeah. Yeah. So you can step into these messes. And that's what TV is for. People don't watch things live... People don't yeah. hate watch things live very yeah. often because it costs money.
3: Well, and because and you because don't it's even real. know.
4: Yeah, because like, you're right like, there by the guy you hate, and you're like, yeah. oh, no. It, like, it humanizes the person. Well, it's, I didn't yeah.
3: know that Corey Feldman... Oh, you mean like, you don't? Know, I'm not going to go to his performance to Yeah, because you were asking
5: yeah. about me doing stand-up. Yeah. Oh,
3: I gotcha, yeah. I wouldn't
5: have full crowds of people just hate watching me. Right. Because people, like, yeah, I mean... Americans consuming social media in that way like are fucking super insecure, complicated weirdos in the same way that you keep watching this and they're not gonna I mean I don't even think that you went to hate watch Screech do stand up. I think that you went there with we a lot love of love in your heart.
0: Uh-huh.
3: There is a lot of love so, yeah, so in your like to, yeah. yeah,
5: like you brought so much into my life.
3: Right, like, I'm fascinated by you. I don't necessarily respect you, but part of me, my lizard brain does. Yeah, and
5: once there's that barrier to entry of, like, paying money and going to a public place, people are much less likely to hate consume.
3: Yeah, that's So it'd be interesting
5: to see if in the next couple months, like, Corey plans a tour. Yeah. uh, I think
3: he's on tour. Well, and I wouldn't care about this at all if i didn't think he was so great and stand by me like yeah. you got yourself into my psyche with your talents yeah and now your lack of talent is compelling
5: deep deep in there and yeah. if you were a lady
4: you would probably sleep with him
3: well why do i have to be a lady Corey,
4: if you're listening <laughs> no.
3: Corey, I'm... i will fuck you <laughs> I'll
4: tomorrow i'll do it yeah. i want to see ryan in that mangel the ray <laughs> i'll lingerie. wear it spread great. for Corey.
3: yeah i'll so... do a quick photoshop We got to log off, but uh, before we do, Amy, what did you learn this week?
5: I learned that I apparently think people are more compassionate than hateful. Oh, that's beautiful. And that
0: I don't agree,
3: but I think it's beautiful. (laughs) Male
5: mental illness is so heavily stigmatized that we don't even ever want to accept that people are just struggling
4: and going on TV by accident.
3: Well, I, I live with that every day. <laughs> and Carol, uh, what did you learn?
4: Uh, I learned that Corey Feldman was the voice of the Hound in Fox and the Hound. What? We didn't get to that, but yeah. I didn't one. see that. And that he was really bummed out when he was not invited back for Ninja Turtles 2.
3: Right, but he was invited back for Ninja Turtles 3, so. Oh,
4: was he? Well, yes. that was a stinker.
3: I, that's what I learned. I learned that Corey <laughs> Feldman was brought back from Ninja Turtles 3. And I learned the answers to these questions. So I learned that we're not really the assholes. But... And
4: I thought the most special part was when Paulie Shore was there for him at the intervention. I, I'm going to pre-book him for my interventions coming up.
3: That was beautiful. And I learned that Todd Bridges is the <laughs> one that can really let people know when it's time to make a change. Um, Amy, where can I find you online? I'm fascinated by you.
0: Um,
5: follow me on Twitter, at Amy Miller, or you can go to Amy Miller Comedy if you want to um, buy my new album, which came out today. You talk about me a lot. And what's it called? It's called Solid Gold. Ooh. Solid Gold Baby.
3: What's that in reference to, Amy?
5: Um, it's about my vagina.
3: Oh, gross! Woo-hoo! Carol, yeah. where can I find you online?
4: Uh, you can find me at www.carolynmayne.com, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street, also at Twitter, also on Tumblr, also on Facebook, baby.
3: As for me, your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner, you can see my artwork at o-h-y-e-s nice.com. I'm desperate for your approval. <laughs> I'll shame myself in many ways to acquire it.
5: <laughs> and uh, my new merch. Oh
3: yeah, I drew Amy's uh, pillowcase. Yeah. Yeah, I
5: haven't even paid him for it yet No,
3: I'm still waiting on that paycheck, story of my life
4: <laughs> Better drink some more of that I'm going wine. to,
3: I know, I'm sure it'll be deduced Take <laughs> some m ms for yeah. 7 bucks. or whatever m mm, ms uh, Oh yeah, it's very nice, it's also my Twitter and Instagram handle And uh, you can check me out there As for the show, we are A Very Special Episode The Podcast You can check out our website at AverySpecialEpisodePodcast.com All one word That was the available domain name. You can follow us on Facebook at AVSEpod, where you can interact with us and tell us what you thought of episodes and things like that. It's a good way to interact with us. You can follow us on Twitter at at AVSEpod, which is a great name for a Twitter handle, I believe. And you can email us if you want it, avsepodcast at gmail.com. It's very likely we'll read your emails on the show at some point in the future. We usually have roundups or something. I'm not sure how we'll do that quite yet. You can download us for free on iTunes. Uh, where you can rate and review us as well. We'd really appreciate it if you'd rate and review our show. Only if it's positive, though, I don't know why you would write a negative review. You can also get us at Podbean, Google Play, and Stitcher. We are available for free through all of those platforms, so feel free to follow us forever and always with love in your hearts. That should wrap things up for this week's episode. Tune in next week, where we will be discussing the Star Wars Holiday Special, the leftover forgotten child it's the worst star wars things ever it's worse than all of the prequels combined all their worst aspects and that'll be the original four hosts from uh Saved by the bell reviewed getting together and talking about that carol and me and austin and david that should be out next week i think it might be two weeks but i think it's next week it's our holiday thing so stay tuned for that um that wraps things up for this week so until next time Take a stand right now. Take my hand right now.
2: Yeah, that was this A, B, and C on your home PC. It was the VIPs of SBTB. Was it Austin G, Dr. D, B, R, A, T? or the C Money? What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, because we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode